July 13th, 2022. Let's continue with the classes in which we were discussing hotels and halakha. Let's talk tonight about using a disposable cup for Kiddush or Havdalah. This issue would arise when you're traveling and you find yourself in a hotel or somewhere else and you don't have what you would maybe use at home for Kiddush or Havdalah. At home you have for Kiddush or Havdalah, I'm assuming, a cup which is made out of silver or metal. It's an important cup. Um, but you're on a trip, and all you have is disposable cups, plastic or paper cups. Can you use that for Kiddusha Havdalah? Now that question would really arise in finishing Tefillah and Shabbat as well. You missed Kiddush, and as a result, you're just making Kiddush for yourself or some friends around you. Are you allowed to use a disposable cup for that Kiddush as well? This question really will extend further to the issue of Nitilat Yadayim. You're in a hotel. You're in a circumstance situation where you don't have a permanent cup for netilat yadayim. Can you use a disposable cup? And lastly, it'll address in this situation, this, this conversation as well, the matter of tevilat kelim. If you buy a utensil that was manufactured by a non-Jew, you need to dip it, you need to immerse it in a mikveh. Only utensils which are qualified as a keli, as a full-fledged halachic utensil, need to be immersed in the mikveh. Other uh, items don't need to be so. Is something that's disposable considered a keli to the extent that you would need to do tevilah? Those are the issues we want to address in this class. Yeah? yeah. Great. Shohan Aruch here in source number one in Ora Hayim Siman Resh Ayin Aleph Sa'if Yod has the following simple statement. His statement goes as follows. When it cups, comes to the cup of Kiddush, ta'un, it's necessary. Kol ma'ashe ta'un koshil birkat amazon. The halacha with regards to the cup of Kiddush is identical to the cup of Berkat Amazon. What's the cup of Berkat Amazon? Cup of Berkat Amazon, if, if a person were to make zimun, as many people once did and many people until today do, together with a cup of wine, there are specific halachot with regards to that cup. What does that cup need to look like? Yes? The, well, now we're talking about the, the cup that's being used for Berkat Amazon, right? In such a circumstance, Shohan Aruch tells, tells us in Siman Kof Pegima, Saif Bet, in source number two, Sarich la Hazor Ahar Kos Shalem. It's necessary that the cup that you use for Berkat Amazon be Shalem. Shalem, of course, means complete. All right, that doesn't really address our issue. We weren't talking about the cup having a, a crack in it or a hole or, or a dent of some sort. We were talking about it being a disposable cup. Here's where the interesting part comes in. Magen Abraham, one of the major commentaries to Shohanaru, quotes from Maharil in source number three. Even if the bottom of the cup writes Maharil, meaning the part that's not the actual cup, imagine a Kiddush cup for a moment, it's not only very often just the part that holds the wine, then there's a stem and there's something that rests on the table. That part says maharil. If that's missing a part to it, if that has a chip in it or a crack in it, that would potentially invalidate your cup of kiddush. Do you understand? Or cup for bikat amazon, specifically in that context. Says Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, source number four, Well, if we're to understand what Maharil is telling us, what by extension Shohan Aruch is perhaps teaching us, that might be very important to our conversation of disposable cups. Why is it that the bottom of the cup, the basis, the base, the part that goes onto the table needs to be complete? 
it. It's not because it's changing the status of the wine in the cup, right? Because after all, this part is the bottom of the cup. It's underneath the stem. It's not even touching the wine. So why does that need to be complete? Says Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, it must be because you need a kosna'a. You need a beautiful cup. You need a cup that's complete beyond just the physical keeping the wine inside of it, but onto as well its general status and stature. What's that? Beyond Hidur. Hidur is only the Chatechila. Hidur is beyond the Chatechila. It's beautifying mitzvah, as you're suggesting. The halacha over here is that this is the very definition of the cup of wine. Do you understand? And Rav Moshe Feinstein is suggesting that Hidur, using your words, is integral to the mitzvah of Koshel Kiddush. Defining a Koshel Kiddush, a Koshel Bekatamazon, means defining it as something that's beautiful. How do you define beautiful? Says Rav Moshe Feinstein, it's not disposable. That's his Pesach Halacha. The truth is, by extension, Rav Moshe Feinstein, we did a class on this on another occasion, says as well that when it comes to a disposable pan that you might cook in, it doesn't need tevilah. You want to know why? Because he's consistent. His claim is on the one hand, the cup is not complete with regards to it being considered a keli, a full-fledged utensil for kiddush, mazon. we'll extend that to netilat yadayim, Therefore, as well, we might claim, says Rav Moshe Feinstein, it doesn't need tevilah. You only do tevilah, you only dip the utensils, which are considered a keli, a utensil, according to halacha. That's Rav Moshe Feinstein's Pesach halacha. That means to say, if you were to find yourself on a trip, you have to make certain that you have a metal or a silver cup with you. If you're in Knis on Shabbat and you finish tefillah and you're at the Kiddush, you need to make certain that you're not using one of those disposable cups because that would invalidate it. That's his Pesach Halacha. Does everyone agree with that? Is that going to be our bottom line? Not so fast. In source number three, his name was Rabbi Eliezer Yehuda Waldenberg. He was a rabbi from Yerushalayim, whereas Rabbi Moshe Feinstein was in America. Rabbi Waldenberg was in Yerushalayim. Source number five, excuse me. So Rabbi Waldenberg here in Tzitz Eliezer makes the following counterclaim to Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. He begins and he says, I saw and I read what Rabbi Moshe Feinstein wrote. I understand his Pesach Halacha, but I disagree with it. Here's why I disagree with it, he explains. He says those kos had pe'ami, those one-time usage cups, are really made to be used more than just once. It might be that the standard usage is once and then we throw it out, but really when they're manufactured, they're made in a way that they can be used many times. My grandparents, Holocaust survivors, were very careful about the money that they spent. It was very often I would come to their house and drying in the drying rack next to their sink was disposable utensils and plates and, and, and cups. Why? Because they're made in such a fashion. Says Sitz therefore, even accepting the logic of Rav Moshe Feinstein, that the cup needs to be something that is beautiful, but that's not defined by the material of the cup. That's rather only and specifically defined by whether the, the cup is functional. How do we define the functionality of the cup? Does it have a cup? Does it have a chip in it? Does it have a crack in it? If it doesn't have any of those things, it is considered beautiful. If I say the only people who could enter this room tonight are people who don't have broken legs. 
So you say, oh, he's saying you need to be a beautiful person. Does that mean then that you, well, you happen to be beautiful, but does that mean that someone who's not beautiful but doesn't have a broken leg isn't allowed to enter the room? Of course they're allowed to enter the room. So that's the statement of Sisi Eliezer. He says, when it comes to Maharil's Pesach Halacha, that the bottom of the cup can't be chipped, can't be diminished, that's not because, of course, it has to do with keeping the wine in. Absolutely not. But it's defining what it means to be a kos shalim as something that's not missing. As long as it's not missing, as long as the cup is complete, even if it's made from a different material, even if it's a one-time usage cup, dependent upon and and supplemented by the fact that the cup will and could be used more than once, we just don't because it's cheap. Well, that being the case, says Susie Eliezer, you can use a disposable cup. Yes, question. Um, what if it's like stitched up, like, uh, what if it like, has a hole and then it gets... And it gets, it gets patched. It gets patched. That's your yeah. question. Patched, so isn't that an interesting question? If it's patched, Sicilia's would tell you in a second, it would seem that it's kosher, but not so fast. I'm not certain. Because in such a circumstance, it's not really beautiful any longer. But it is considered, ultimately speaking, shalem, and as a result, it would be kosher. I think even according to Ramosha Feinstein. Okay, moving ahead. So the question is, with regards to these halachot, if we have some sort of early sources, Mishnah, Himara, that we could point to in order to determine the halakha in this this matter. So the the way that many of the poskim begin their conversation is by looking at where we talk about kelim and halakha. There happens to be a Masechet of Mishnayot known as Masechet, you guessed it, Kelim. What's Masechet Kelim dealing with? Masechet Kelim is dealing with the status of utensils for Tum'ah and Tahara, which means to say the only way a utensil once upon a time would be susceptible to becoming impure ritually, according to Halakha, is if it's considered a utensil. What's a utensil? All sorts of qualifications. It needs to be con- finished with regards to its manufacturing, it needs to be specific subs, and so on and so forth. Many halachot with regards to this. Harambam reflecting a Mishnah Masechet Kelim here in source number six. And again, our vantage point is we're going to use this to learn the halachot for each of our situations. The Netilat Yadayim, the Kiddush, the Havdalah, the Tevilah. Says Harambam over here, if you take a look at the end of the first line, if the only way that you could use this item is by ripping it open, meaning ruining it, you had a storage bin, you're ripping off the top, or, or alternatively, along the same lines, you're going to just eat what's inside of this utensil and then throw it out. And so too, by extension, if there's a horn, they used to drink sometimes out of horns, and it would be a one-time usage horn, what's the halacha? In all these circumstances, the item is not considered a keli, it's not a utensil, it's not mekabel tumah. What does that tell you about our disposable utensils? What does it tell you about this disposable cup? It seems to be then that the disposable cup will not be considered a cup that's kosher for Kiddush. Do you follow? It's not kosher for Havdalah, it's not kosher for Netilat Yadam. Says Rabbi Weldenberg, but weren't you listening to what I told you earlier? The definition of a keli will not be based on your usage of it, it will rather be based on its manufacturing. Remember we said it's manufactured to be used more than once. People who have less money, people who are more frugal, will use it more than once. As a result, says Ralph Waldenberg, number one, I told you, it is complete. 
The only issue was a complete cup. Number two, I told you that the definition of it being used more than once is that it could be or was manufactured to be used potentially more than once. The fact that we're dealing with a wealthy society, people who feel that since it's cheap, I'll only use it once, that doesn't change the status of the utensil from not being considered a keli. Says Rav Waldenberg, if you want a proof, Sitz Eliezer tells us, look at source number eight. That's Harambam's words in Perek Beto Vechot Kelim Halacha Aleph. Says Harambam over there, again, dealing with the definition of what a keli is, he writes over here, if you look in the second line, he writes, if you made the utensil min haniyar, he mentions several, several uh, materials with which you can make a keli. Uh, what's niyar? Paper. Paper is kind of what we've been talking about until now, is it not? Paper is a one-time usage type of utensil. Says Harambam, if you used, made it in such a way, but you made it durable, even though paper on its own is not mikabel tuma, but you have a durable utensil, something that could be used more than once, it is mikabel tuma. Well, Harambam, the Mishnah Masechet Kelim, then says Sitzeliezer, is telling you that the utensils which are made out of something that is disposable need not be considered a non-keli, it might be considered a keli. It's based on its functionality. It could be functioning as something that could be used more than once. Do you follow this? The, 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 uh, yeah, the proof of Sitzeliezer. Well, that being the case, let's just take stock of what we have. First and foremost, we had Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein argued that since Shohan Aruch and Maharil, by extension, explaining his words in the Halacha, argue that a koshel kiddush needs to be shalim, if it's not a beautiful cup, if it's not a cup that's distinct and unique, it's not kosher, therefore a one-time usage cup is not kosher. Happens to be the students of Rav Moshe Feinstein debate. Was he only talking about in his Teshuvah as he writes, paper disposable? Because a paper disposable cup, not the type we use for coffee per se, which are very durable, but rather, you know, those like triangular bottom ones, which are really, really brittle and kind of, you know, you could crunch it with your hand without even trying. Maybe that's all he was talking about. There's a mahdoka dispute amongst the students that maybe his opinion with regards to plastic or the types that we would use for a coffee, which are very durable and, and can be used more than once, maybe even there he would be lenient as a dispute. But Sitz Eliezer explicitly says, no, on two grounds I disagree with you. Number one, the definition of shalem is not that it's unique and distinct and special, it's rather that it is complete. It's not met in his words. It's not a dead cup, it's rather a live cup. The, the wine that's inside of it, even the bottom part, it's defined by the fact that it's intact entirely. Furthermore, he says, don't make the argument to me that since it's being disposed of, it's not considered a keli, as Harambam seemed to tell us in Kelim. Rather, he says, over here, it's being made in such a way that it could be used for a long time. As a matter of fact, if I were to tell you that here are disposable cups and you took it and you used it and it was kind of falling apart in your hand, you went to the company and said, oh, it fell apart in my hand. You would be angry about that. Why would you be angry with that? Say, we only wanted you to use it once. Were you able to use it once? You kind of expect it to be durable, even though you're not going to use it more than once. If we're to boil it down to that, that's really the mahlokit. Sitz Eliezer then brought a proof. His proof was that Harambam says even paper cups can and are considered keli if you built it in such a way. That's a fantastic proof. That should open and that should shut our issue. We should settle it. Disposable cups, according to everyone, Rav Moshe Feinstein, we knocked you out, should be kosher 
for Kiddush, Havdala, Netilat Yadayim. Before we move onward, let me just address very briefly, what about in the context of Netilat Yadayim? We talked to, we've been throwing Netilat Yadayim into this conversation, and the poskim do, and really that's dependent upon what Shohan Aruch writes in Siman Dalet. In Siman Dalet of Shohan Aruch, that's where he addresses the keli of Netilat Yadayim. There is a dispute between Ramah and Kafa Hayim and others, about whether, although ideally I want a utensil for netilat yadayim, if I don't have a utensil, whether I make a biracha or not. There's a mahlokit. We try to be mahmir on that. What if you don't have any utensil? Forget about a plastic cup that we've been addressing and we're going to deal with the bottom line in a moment or two. But you don't have anything. You're in that type of situation. You're home, you're in the hotel, you just can't find any cup. I don't know why that. You're in a stranded area and you want to do netilat yadayim. What can you do? Is there no way to deal with this? What several poskims suggest is turning on the faucet and closing the faucet on one hand. Then you put your left hand in, turn on the faucet and turn off the faucet and so forth until you finish the netilat yadayim. Why do you need to do it in such a way? First and foremost, you need koch gavra. The person needs to be bringing forth the power of the water that's coming down. If it's just dropping down, you can't use that for time. So you're turning on and off, and that's your power. But furthermore, it needs to come from a keli. We want it to be from a utensil. Therefore, it says, Kham ben Ziona Basha'on is all the can't You can't do this business. You can't turn on and off. It won't help. Why not? Because it's not coming from utensils. It's coming from pipes. It's coming from the faucet. Hacham Vadya Yosef, however, disagrees. Hacham Vadya Yosef's claim is that since the water is collected in a basin and then it travels through the pipes and into the faucet and into your cup or onto your hand, that is constituted as coming from a keli. Is that always the case? Not really. Water very often doesn't come from an initial basin, maybe in some places in Israel. What I would suggest, therefore, is if possible, you put on a little bit of hot water. If you put on a little bit of hot water, in most situations of homes and many buildings, there's the big hot water boiler. That's where the water is. That's a keli. It's collected over there. By using a little bit of hot water, you're drawing the water from a keli and you solve this issue of it's not coming from a utensil. Do you understand the suggestion? Well, that all being the case, we're talking about when you have the disposable cup. We had a machloket of Moshe Feinstein and Rabbi Waldenberg, where Waldenberg had a great proof from Harambam in Uchot Kelim. How do you disprove that? Or maybe you don't. Maybe he wins the argument. The way you disprove it is, for example, in source number 9 and 10, is Minhat Yitzhak. Minhat Yitzhak was a Dayan who died, if I'm not mistaken, in the late 1980s from Yerushalayim as well. His name was Dayan Weiss, Rabbi Yitzhak Yaakov Weiss, and he points out, as do others, that this whole issue of comparing to Tum'an Tahara, we talked about Kelim, right? Whether it's considered a Keli utensil to receive Tum'an, remember that? That's what we've been addressing until now. Should we apply that to any other situation? Maybe it has unique characteristics for Tum'an Tahara. For example, I say to you, can you describe a utensil to me? So you say, your color of the shirt right now is red. You say it could be red and it could be on me. And you're thinking about a utensil that goes on you that you're wearing. Maybe you could talk about a chair as a utensil and you describe that. I said, what are you doing? I'm talking about utensils that go at the table. All your descriptions have nothing to do with this. No, but maybe there's a common denominator. Maybe there is, maybe there's not. Maybe I just use the same word. 
that Mahloket amongst the Aharonim that Minchat Yitzchak points out is whether any of those halachot that apply to Tumah and Tahara apply, for example, to Tevilat Kelim. Maybe it's considered a Keli for Tumah and Tahara, but it's not for Tevilat Kelim. Maybe vice versa. Who said you can apply these halachot from one place to the other? Do you understand the point? If that's the case, I can't apply it to Kiddush and Havdalah. I wouldn't apply it to Netilat Yadayim either, per se. It means I don't have a clear proof from Hilchot Kelim. And that being the case, Minchat Yitzhak, questioning this issue has the following conclusion, very much along the lines of Rab Moshe Feinstein. He says, number one, look at a disposable cup. A disposable cup is not considered a keli. And he tries to develop it, and his suggestion is people don't use it more than once, and we go based on the general usage and mindset of a person. By extension, do you need to do tevilat kelim on that type of utensil? It's not a utensil at all. Why not? Because it's a one-time usage. So he's very consistent. So what do we have? We have on the one side of our spectrum, Rav Moshe Feinstein and now Diane Weiss, who both argue that disposable cups, each in their own way, are not considered quote-unquote halachic cups, and therefore, A, cannot be used for nitilat yadayim, kiddush, Havdalah, but B, don't need Tevilah. On the other end of the spectrum, we had Sitz Eliezer, who told us that they are considered Kedim. He gave us all this logic, and we discussed and developed that. How are we going to be posek l'halakha? Chacham Ovadia Yosef, in his book, Chazon Ovadia Nilchot Shabbat, Chalek Bet, on page Nun Dalid, and then on page Nun Vav, makes the following two consistent claims. Number one, he writes, with regards to Kiddush, can you, can you not? You can use it. He says, listen, it's a disposable cup. If you want to have a beautiful mitzvah, as we mentioned earlier, hidur mitzvah, so then, of course, use a finer cup, but you're on a trip, you're in the knees, they made kiddush, you missed it, you can use a disposable cup. What about for tevilah? Says Chacham Badia Yosef. If you're using an aluminum pan, you must do tevilah on it beforehand, something that many people do not do. Chacham Badia Yosef would be very clear that you do need to. What about other Sephardic recent poskim? Chacham Ben Zion Abashaul and his She'elot Tishubot Odes Yon Chalik Bet, here in source number 12 in Perak Yod Aleph, has the following statement Yesh Lehistapek. You see the word Lehistapek, Lehistapek Milashon Safek. He says, I'm uncertain whether disposable cups are considered kelim or not. He says, I have proofs one way and I have proofs the other way. We've been discussing throughout this class proofs one way and proofs the other way. He says, as a result, unlike Chacham Yosef, ideally, you're traveling, try to bring a permanent cup. You don't have a choice. He's talking about netilat yadayim. You can do the netilah. He's not so excited about doing so. He thinks if you do it in such a circumstance, you do it without a beracha. So he wouldn't be very excited and very permitting with regards to Kiddush and Havdalah by extension. You see, some people will take two cups and they'll place one inside the other. And they think that for some reason makes it better. I don't know, in my mind it just looks funny. I don't have a good rationale for why if you put two plastic cups, one inside the other, two paper cups, why it changes anything. Ultimately speaking, is the cup permanent? Is it not permanent? And it's not permanent, is that not a keli? If it's not a keli by doing two, it doesn't make it any more permanent. Lahalacha, however, um, my opinion on this matter is very much in line with the kula, the lenient opinion on each of these issues. First and foremost, with regards to kiddush havdalah netilat yadayim, I very much associate the line of logic like tzitz Eliezer as hacham vader yosef as posek lahalacha, as many other Ashkenazic and Sephardic poskim she'elot tishbot az nidberu she'elot tishbot be'er Moshe, they're posek lahalacha that for kiddush havdalah netilat yadayim. 
A disposable cup is considered a keli. It's durable, it's got a strength to it. It's even a kosna'e, kosna'a, unlike Rav Moshe Feinstein's claim in the other direction. But even with regards to tevila, using the logic of source number 13, I would make the claim that you don't need to per se do a tevila on a disposable utensil like an aluminum pan. There's several angles. In the She'elot Shbot Mishpat, what's the name of the book? I forgot. Meshiv Mishpat. It's written by Chacham Vadia Yosef's grandson. I think his name is Ovadia Yosef Toledano. He has a full arichut. I think in Siman Yodalet, he has a lengthy description about how to and whether you can, in his mind you can, use disposable utensils and not do tevila, even according to his grandfather's opinion, that disposable utensils are considered a keli for kiddush havdalah metilat yadayim. Furthermore, however, and it's a very interesting perspective of Orlesion, and several others have made this point as well, it goes like this. When the factory manufactured that disposable uh, aluminum uh, pan, in their mind, quote unquote, it wasn't considered a utensil. They were expecting you to use it one time and not to consider it a utensil. Even if you're to claim by your usage that it is a utensil, you made it the utensil. Their mindset was that this is just something they're putting out there. By you using it, you're the one who quote unquote made it a utensil. If you made it a utensil, it means it was made by a Jew and not by a non-Jew, of course it doesn't need to be la. Again, when the non-Jew manufactured it, it was not being manufactured as a utensil, it's being manufactured as something flimsy that's not going to be used. You got it, you use it. So hey, this is pretty strong, says Cham ben I'm going to use this. In such a circumstance, he says, you've turned it into utensil. If you've turned it into utensil, you don't need to dip utensils which are made by you, by a Jewish person. And therefore, the halacha on this matter is even for tevila, yesh makom nirhav lehakel, to be lenient and not necessitate a tevila. You see, this type of question with regards to tevila, very briefly, used to come up with Snapple bottles. Once upon a time, Snapple bottles, you might know, were made out of glass. I know today they're made out of plastic. Plastic doesn't need tevila anyway. They were made out of glass. I don't understand that. Even? Amazing. All right, great. So it's still relevant. Now, if it's a glass Snapple bottle, how can I drink from it? It needs tevila. I own it now. The old claim, the classic claim used to be, and this is what I was taught when I was younger, is that since it's only utilized in order to keep the beverage in it, I'm not actually using it per se to drink from it. No, I'm not even using it at all. One time use is a myth. One time you, see, you, you, need, to, you need to do tevilan, but I'm not even using it. It's all in there. If you were to give me the beverage and I was able to have it in my hand, I would be just as happy. This is just a, a convenient way of packaging the item. And therefore, specifically, I used to be told, is you need to pour out the beverage, the, the Snapple, into a cup. If you drink from the Snapple bottle, what are you showing? That you're using it as a utensil. Instead, you're separating and you're po pointing out that this wasn't actually utensil, it's just a way of storing it, of holding it. However, using Cham Ben logic, and I discovered this later on, and, and several others make this claim, it's not that, per se, I need to make a claim that it wasn't considered a utensil at all because it was only holding it. It's that the people who made it, 
manufactured it, didn't manufacture it as a utensil. It wasn't a usable utensil until you opened it up and began using it. At that moment, who made it into a utensil? You did, and as a result, it doesn't need a tevilah. Only items which are bought from non-Jews need tevilah. If we piece everything together and we just conclude it one more time, the Pesach Halacha with regards to using a disposable cup for Kiddush Havdalah and Etilat Yadayim, by extension, whether you need tevilah, we are posek lekula on this matter, along the lines of Hacham Avadah Yosef, but furthering it even in the domain for a different reason by tevilah, that a disposable cup can and is considered for these matters a keli. And even though we don't per se learn from the halachot necessarily of kelim by tuman tahara, we can nonetheless make the claim that it's durable, it's strong, it's complete, and as a result, kosher for kiddush, kosher for havdalah, and kosher for netilah yadayim, perhaps even lechatechilah, not perhaps, even lechatechilah. Hacham Vadya Yosef says, but you might want to, and you should want to make it more beautiful, so go for it. You're traveling, there's no necessity to pack a special cup for these uh, matters. What about for Tevila? As we just discussed and, dis- and, and, and deliberated upon, the Pesach Halacha that we're suggesting is that even for Tevila, which is indeed the minhad of many women and men who use those disposable uh, aluminum pans, we did a full separate class on this matter another time, is to be lenient and not necessitate a Tevila using Chambensyon and others' logic. So it means Lekula on this matter of using disposable cups for Kiddush, and not needing a tevila as well. Baruch Adonai Amen ve'amen.